Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me, as usual, from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com. And today, our special guest comes all the way from Washington, D.C. Uh, welcome, Fajad Rashidi. Goodness me, I hope I pronounced that right. My- <laughs> you got it. You got it. That's actually much better than most people. Welcome, Fajad. Lovely to have you with us. Now, you're the lead innovator from a company called Respona. Uh, interesting name. And you've also worked at a company called Visme. Um I'm I'm curious, mate. Well, tell me tell me a little bit about Visme, and um, and then let's lead us into Respona. How does how does that work? Of course, yeah, absolutely. So I started out at Visme um, as their first marketing hire back in the day when they were still in beta. Uh, for folks who haven't heard of Visme, uh, it's an all-in-one brand content creation platform. So say uh, you guys are a business, you have a set of brand guidelines and you want to make sure that all of your employees or team members stick with it and be able to create content quickly and and uh, you know and, and make sure that it is consistent with whatever your brand guidelines are and also at the same time looks gorgeous and uh Visme is a platform that sort of helps you uh sort of put together all in one hub for the entire team to be able to create content quickly and uh, basically, when I joined the company, uh, it was a bunch of designers and engineers, basically, uh, putting together a really kick-ass product. Uh, problem was that nobody really knew about Visme. And it's in a very large market. Uh, at the time, back in 2013 or so, uh, Camel was starting to gain some traction. But uh, Visme was also one of, the, one of the pioneers in the infographic space. Um, but but we, we didn't have as much of a brand recognition just simply because we were a bootstrap company, hadn't raised any outside funding, and we were going head to head with the big guys that were you know that were raising hundreds of millions of dollars in funding. So the way we sort of figured out uh, over the years to build a scalable marketing machine to be able to sort of uh, scale now, just to give you a uh, a little bit of a snapshot of the company. Now we've got over twelve million active users. Uh, got. I would say about 2.2, and a half million organic visitors to our website every month. Uh, and we do very little in paid advertising, almost no cold outreach. Uh, and people come and find us organically. Wow. And, and the process of sort of figuring out how we're going to position ourselves in places where potential customers would come and find us versus us having to chase after customers. Uh, sort of led to the creation of Respana, and, and that's how we ended up here. Okay, so how does Respona then link in with Visme? I'm trying to just kind of understand the relationships. Of course, yeah. So Visme, at the time, what we were doing was uh, basically throwing spaghetti on the wall and see what would work uh, in our industry, because it was quite new at the time. Um, and, and the concepts of you know content marketing SEO wasn't really as well established as it is today. So uh, what we figured over time has been you know what we basically did at the beginning was to start doing some research. We're like, okay, so here are our potential customers, and here is a set number of keywords 
uh, that they're potentially searching for. And then what we did was to start building web pages and blog articles, just like most people would. And what happened was nothing. <laughs> it was absolutely crickets. There's nobody coming to our website. And uh, we're like, okay, we're going to have to sit down and figure this out. And one, one really key point uh, that sort of uh, poured gasoline on a fire and helped us sort of scale our organic traffic was a matter of dedication of resources. So we were spending about what we figured what would be the sweet spot for us to spend 20% of our resources on content creation and spent the rest 80% of our marketing resources on content promotion, uh, meaning that uh, we would reach out to other relevant authoritative sources in our space uh, through a variety of different strategies, incentivize them and collaborate with them in order to um, ask them to reference us. And uh, over time, these backlinks pointing to our website and also getting other people, relevant people, to start talking about us uh, increase our overall domain authority. And that helped basically um, telling or implying to Google that, hey, these guys are, they know what they're talking about. They're a popular resource because other people are referencing them and talking about them. And in that, and in that basically process was quite tedious. It was a manual process of figuring out who to reach out to, uh, and what to do exactly, what, what would be the right channel to reach out to them. And uh, and we had a, quite a large team, which was quite resource intensive and, you know, dealing with manual labor. And it was just not a very scalable process. So basically, what we decided to do was to, uh, we, we tried every tool under the sun. None of it really worked the way we wanted it, which was like creating a level of um, balance between personalization and scale so that we are not just spamming the world and at the same time, we're, you know, keeping a level of personalization uh, because it spamming doesn't work. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's just uh, yeah, yeah. It's overdone, right? An overplay card. So uh, we, we, we were like, okay, guys, we're a software company. Let's try to sort of bring that whole process of content promotion and link building for our promotion uh, tactics in-house and, and built a little ugly looking um, uh, internal tool that was sort of just... Uh, you know, build for our own internal team. It wasn't supposed to be something that we would put out in the public because it was embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, and what happened was, to our surprise, it just worked extremely well. It it cut around eighty percent of average costs in terms of our uh, in terms of you know labor and 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 the amount of subscription tools that we were using that we had that we could cut out. Uh, we also uh, increased our productivity significantly uh, because it sort of brings the whole process from A to Z, from finding the right opportunities, getting the right contacts and outreach under one roof. And then we were like, okay, guys, we got something here. <laughs> so let's go ahead and put this out as a standalone product because if it can help us, I'm sure it can help a ton of other folks. That makes and sense. That's the part that can respond. So then, Fazi, what what's probably the best customer acquisition channel uh, you know, what, what gives you the highest return on investment? You know, over the years, we experimented with quite a lot of tactics. And, um, and, and obviously, I don't want to be an, um, a, a voice that says, like, this and that doesn't work, right? Uh, because if you're good at any channel, you can make anything work, right? People cool. have community-like growth, product-like growth. Uh, some people aren't uh, very good at paid ads or cold outreach. Um 
what I can speak to is on our case, in our companies, and that's been our organic traffic and SEO. That's sort of been the, the fuel for our growth over the years. Uh, just to paint you a picture, um, but with, with the two million, so we are getting about 20 to 25,000 new users to our platform every single day. And, and you know, from our around two to two and a half million organic traffic. And obviously, some parts of it is to our blog. About half of our traffic goes directly to our blog. Not everything is at the bottom of the funnel. But anyways, um, that same level of traffic, if you were to bring in uh, from these geographic locations that are our target market through paid advertising, how much do you think we would have to pay every month? Throw a number. I'm, go- I'm thinking thousands of dollars. Five, ten thousand. <laughs> I wish it was ten thousand. Uh, about one point four million dollars a month. Uh, oh. That's the value of traffic uh, that uh, Visme oh. has. I think I misunderstood so, your question, but keep going. No worries. Yes, it's all good. So basically, you meant today, Lindsay. You meant every day, not every week. <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> yes. That, so one point four million. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, no problem. Um, and basically, what I'm trying to say is. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it just blows anything else out of the water. It almost makes other channels irrelevant for us. Uh, and we've dabbled in different, obviously we still invest in paid advertising. We still do some cold outreach with very targeted industries. We still do gated content, all that good old strategies. But our marketing team is sort of T-shaped uh, where we sort of specialize in content and SEO. And that's something that we're very good at and and dedicate a lot of resources to and also dabble and in, 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 in dabble in and, and sort of experiment with different strategies at the same time. So um, I'm quite biased towards SEO. Uh, that is something that has also been the main driver of traffic also for Respana. Uh, you know, it's a newer product. We started our website uh, content strategy, I would say last year, January of 2020. Now it's uh, November, 2021. And a little less than two years, now we're getting about 70 or so K monthly organic traffic, which is around $80,000 worth of paid advertising per month. That's a million dollars a year worth of advertising that we're saving, right? And as a bootstrap company, that's not even an option. So uh, it, it's been definitely a, a, a pretty good channel. So, so Faza, you, you've spoken about the relationship between content or and and i and i deliberately didn't say great content i just said content and seo what's the process of creating content that triggers an seo response you know that's a great question rail and and the answer to that is quite extensive so i actually wrote a, just for the audience I'm going to give you a synopsis. I'm not, I promise I'm going to answer your question. But I did write a book that I sort of outlined step by step exactly what we do with screenshots and all that good stuff. And a little ebook that's for free. Uh, folks can just Google VizMe marketing strategy. And one of the top search results is, is the little PDF that folks can download. Um, and, and I sort of go through, it's about 160 pages. Sorry, I blabber a lot, a lot. but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that sort of outlines the whole process. But just to kind of summarize that in, in a few minutes to tell you about our content production engine. Uh, so we were quite scientific about this, really. It's a, it's a process that we sort of learned over, tri- uh, you know, why a 
trial and error. It wasn't something that we were just a bunch of geniuses sitting down and kind of, you know, envisioning a strategy. No, something that we've, we've tried and failed several times to figure out and, and find this little blueprint that we could easily scale. And that blueprint is by first understanding, and again, none of, uh, I feel like I have to throw this disclaimer out that this is not necessarily the best strategy for any kind of business, right? So for example, if you own a coaching business or if you own some sort of a very expensive uh, you know, enterprise product that's like six figures a year, um, these strategies may not work for you uh, because the way we acquire all of our customers is through Google. So the first question you need to ask yourself first, whether or not any of this, what I'm, what I'm going to talk about is would be relevant, is whether or not your customers are Googling or, or researching stuff on Google in order to find you, right? Now, if your customers are hanging out elsewhere, that's where you want to focus your energy. If, there's, if it's trade shows, if it's you know, events, et cetera. But most likely, as a, as a consumer standpoint, if I'm looking for a new software, the first starting point for me is to pull up Google, right? So if I'm trying to create a presentation tomorrow, right, and I don't want to use the current solution that I'm using, Normally, the first thing I do, I just go and Google. What would you Google, Lindsay? I Google the topic or whatever, you know, um, whatever I was looking for, I guess. There you go. It could be a presentation software or, or yeah. what are some of the best tools to create a presentation, et cetera. So that's where we want to uh, show up and, and, and make sure that we're prominent in places where you're looking for it. So the process of finding content for us is first ident- uh, starts with keyword research. And, and understanding, we, we normally start with a few parent keywords. Every major business has a certain set of parent keywords they're trying to target. For Visme, for example, is presentations, name for graphics. For Respana is, is um, link building and SEO and, and, and content marketing, et cetera. Um, understanding what these parent keywords are, that, that's the core of your business. And then identifying a list of longer tail variations of those keywords that people are actively searching for. So uh, step one is to understand, okay, what are people are searching for in order to come across a solution like ours? Now, obviously every customer has a journey, right? So you, you're not only trying to target the bottom of the funnel uh, tar- uh, keywords that are commercially um, uh, you know, focused. You want to also focus on the other uh, former stages of you know, consideration and, and target some of the more informational keywords. But understanding what is these target keywords are is quite simple. There's a bunch of tools out there. My favorite ones are called SEMrush or Ahrefs. Those two are the mo- most predominant players in SEO market. If you're serious about SEO game, it's really hard to function without these two, two one of these two tools. Um, and, and running these parent keywords through these tools, they pop out a gazillion number of keywords that are like, okay, here are the questions where people are asking, or, or here are the keywords that people are searching. Now, it leads us to step two, which is prioritization, because any company has a certain limit of resources, right? Now, you can't just start writing from your heart and start, you know, creating content. So we un- we identify keywords, which, which are what I call the opportunity keywords. We have a little formula. We try to prioritize keywords that have high volume, high number of clicks, 
high commercial intent and low competition. So the overlapping of all these three metrics is what we call the opportunity keyword. Go ahead, Rail. Did you have a question? So, so you're not talking about the long tail words. You just you just trying to optimize all three of those together. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So these keywords that I'm talking about could be a landing page. Could be, and that's where step three comes through, right? So that now that we prioritize a list of keywords, then it's step three is identifying user intent. We're like, okay. For this particular keyword, what is, it, what is it that people are looking for? Could be a sales page. If I'm looking at presentation software, I'm looking to try some tools. I'm not looking to read an article, right? If I'm looking how to present effectively, I'm looking to read a guide. I'm not looking to sign up for a software, right? So uh, what I'm trying to say is that, or what are the best uh, software for creating presentations? So I'm looking for top 10 search results. And identifying user intent is quite simple. All you got to do is just to create a, uh, just Google that particular keyword in a new incognito win window of your Google, uh, of your browser and, and see what's the majority format of the top 10 search results because Google's keep testing and trying new different formats and they normally figure out exactly what people are looking for. So understanding the format of the content, whether or not it's a sales page or, or a content page, a guide, et cetera, is quite simple. Now, so, go ahead. Um, I mean, that's it's pretty incredible. Uh, I've, I've got one eye on the clock here, and I just want to ask you one final question before we have to wrap up. Um, of course. So, so where do you see us heading in the future? I mean, uh, you know, your, your company's doing some really innovative stuff. What's the future of content marketing going to look like? Um, you know, what's 2022 or three going to bring us? You know, Lindsay, the problem with uh, the process as I'm going through is that a lot of companies have started to realize the effectiveness and the ROI in these channels. So they're investing a ton of time, resources, and money into this channel. Now, it's increasingly becoming more difficult to try to gain real estate on the, on the top 10 search results or any keywords. Normally, we may get dominated with some of the big guys in the industry. Now, one thing that I see is becoming more popular is the, pro is the shifting the focus from just popping out and producing content to actually making sure that people are going to read it. 91% of the content on the internet gets zero traffic. So the promotion aspect and making sure that you build enough backlinks and, and get enough people to reference and talk about your content piece is where I think it's becoming increasingly more important just simply because the competition is, is rising uh, just like any other channel. So you're, so, so, so I'm trying, so is there a future in, in automated content creation? Is that the way we're going? And how will you know, we as a consumer know the difference? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Rail. There's a ton, especially with the creation of GPT-3, which is a very interesting technology, and it creates and generates text, human-like text, that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I think what's uh, becoming more and more, um, I would say, popular is original data and research and content pieces that are not just explain explaining things or reiterating or, or copy-pasting from other places. It's actually doing research, doing data-backed, articles and and stuff that actually provides value for the user and it's not just some piece of content that you've you know reproduced or or repurposed a bunch of um you know content pieces from other parts of the web now i personally think that it becomes pretty difficult 
uh, to do that with a robot, right? Uh, you can probably automate a lot of the text generation part of it. Uh, but as far as the content piece go and the gist of the material, something that humans still play a big part. And, and I think that's pretty, pretty difficult to replace, not at least in the near future, I think. Well, I can verify that we are talking to a real human being, not, a, not an AI robot. Farzad, <laughs> uh, it's been great chatting with you uh, and we're out of time. Should our listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? You know, Lindsay, uh, podcast interviews, they always ask me and I have the best answer. My name is Farzad Rashidi and there's like one in the world. I think. There's a lot of ones. But they're not as good looking. So I, I definitely stand out. So <laughs> folks want to look, look me up on LinkedIn. That's probably the best channel. Cool. Thank you very much, Fazad. And a thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. With a reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com where you can download a number of free resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and in life.